This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. (laughs) Boy! 90 for Chill, the podcast, proudly presents to you Ali's Accessories Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Review. Where's a copy? Barney, the cash. You've got a... Huh? On your... Data fake! You have a new target. Get in the car. Okay. What am I doing? What am I doing? How come you have a gun? You're being pursued by professional killers. Back up! Run him over! You must be kidding! is now protecting the girl. I need to get rid of her. Should have called me sooner. We need to get out of town. No, I like town. I'm ignoring her. No. Ow! Three rooms, please. What name? Smith. Smith. You have the same name. See what's in his head. Who did this? Rembrandt. Give me his address now. He's dead. Dead? When? You can help me look after her. So I'll be your assistant. Fantastic, the two musketeers. Would you please let me go first? All clear. You don't say. We're safe as long as we follow a few basic rules of security. (laughs) You're not listening. I am. You're eyeing up the barman. What were you saying? Sooner or later, one of them is going to make a mistake. She's completely out of control. With killers after you, you're discreet. You hide. You don't yell in hotel lobbies. They tried to kill me! And I've just concluded watching Wild Target, starring Emily Blunt, Bill Nighy, Rupert Grint, Martin Freeman, Jeff Bell, I mean, Rupert Everett. Uh, It's just quite the English cast. And, of course, that really intrigues me, honestly. I thought it was, at least from the American disc, um, back when it was on the shelves of Family Video... I saw Bill Nye, cool. Rupert Grant, okay. I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but I digress. And I thought, at least from the appearance, that the female on the box was uh, Emma Emma Roberts? Is that it? Uh, Emma Watson? I, I don't know. Hermione, I guess. Yeah, I'm recording this on my phone, so I don't have an immediate way of accessing those facts. But I digress. So what I can say is I found this funny movie funny. It's about a hitman whose mother was the matriarch of a hitman family, essentially. Just wants her son to do her, do his late departed father proud and wants to pass on the legacy. 
So, Bill Nye is the hitman, and, you know, coming up on his 55th birthday, it kind of throws him off, and that might lead into him failing to successfully assassinate the art counterfeiter, or I should say, well, basically, she goes and sells a fake Rembrandt to Rupert Everett, and he sends Hitman after her. But first, he sends Bill Nye's character. And after Bill Nye screws up the hit the first night, the backup crew is sent in, and Nye reflexes ends up killing one of the bodyguards and a guy who was just making a living in London washing cars ends up incapacitating the second hitman. So that would be Rupert Grint. So in that, what follows is an unknowing Emily Blunt hires Bill Nye as his bodyguard and Bill Nye sees Rupert Grint as an apprentice. And then the hilarity come, consumes. So, very dry humor. Just very matter of fact with everything. Very English. So, I don't think you can ever be too English. But I think this is the kind of stuff they're talking about. Say, when my ignorant manager at Marine Bank said Good Omens was far too English. Want too British. While Lucifer is not. No, I just don't think you give a crap about the motherland or, well, with her last name, probably not the motherland. And that's going to even give me more superior comp- superiority complex. <laughs> I digress. So I had a lot of fun watching it, but I'll, I'll say there's nothing really clever about the direction. There's some great um, gags involving violence, which I appreciate. But I could see why it's not really critically uh, well-received. And I mean, it's just eh, kind of front of a mill. And there is, there's some slow spots in a madcap comedy like this, which might deter people from it. But, I mean, if you love a movie where... Somehow they still work in nature versus nurture into this. I can't believe... I cannot help but recommend Wild Target. I had a lot of fun with it. But as I say, that's my taste thing. But if it's not... Well, now I'm just going to further my superiority complex. If if that's not your taste thing, you might need to re-examine. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Hello and welcome to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movie Starth. You can follow what I'm watching on Letterboxd. The username is CMDarth. If you're trying to find this podcast via your Amazon Echo or your Google Nest device, just search for a podcast by Russ Stevens, or dare I say, say blank, latest podcast by Russ Stevens. It's that simple. This week, uh, no guest. I kind of like to alternate. Well, 
and I say no guests, but it's it's a weird little format. So I was able to uh, sneak in about 20 minutes of conversation I found worthwhile with my older sister, the Poetic Critic. That's the Poetic Critic on Letterboxd if you're looking for her. And she's the ideal person to follow if you need to know what movies you should be checking out. If you want to break down those genre barricades, she's almost completed Roger Ebert's great movie list. As the title implies, this is From Blunt to Bacon. So I kind of like the pot humor there, obviously, but the idea is, starting with my W edition of this year's Alley's Accessory Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Review, I decided, well, if we're going to do Wild Target with Emily Blunt and then try to save the other letters in the alphabet for their own little episodes, why not try to connect Emily Blunt to Kevin Bacon? And via 90-minute movies, it ended up only taking me three. So it's a good thing that the uh, Poetic Critic came through for me, and she seems all right with me using the audio because it was a little sneaky. I kept referring her to her as the Poetic Critic, and it took her a bit to figure out that oh you're actually recording and she did a great job this is the kind of stuff i like a little more free flow and that's what i expect from anybody who wants to be a guest on 90 for chill the podcast and if you want to do that all you have to do is send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com now ideally i would rather you focus on movies that have a narrative that concludes within 100 minutes Meaning, if the end credits drag the film past 100 minutes, but there's no stinger or post-credit sequence, I think it's good to go. Or we could do a movie theme, a franchise, a director, an actor. That's ideal. But I'll work with anything. I can find a way. So just offer me a movie, and we'll get from there. Or a subject, I should say. And again, that email address is rustabus07 at gmail.com, R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. And if you want to uh, talk trash about the podcast or just find an interesting Twitter follow, my handle is at CatBusRuss. I'd rather you t- bring the trash there than to do it on your podcast apps. In other words, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps, five-star reviews preferably, I will reciprocate, and I tend to use the username the Scoop Staley. I think that's all the formalities. I just want to pay homage and uh, respect to Stacia Marie Harden. It's going to be her birthday on the sep- no, I'm sorry, the uh, anniversary of her her final day on September 7th, and you know since then I've just been doing my best to make her proud and I hope I'm doing so and I'm hoping that she's looking after everybody she touched in her life with that out of the way we're going to get to my conversation with the poetic critic and she's going to be in a Bill Nye sandwich we'll then go to uh, Detective Pikachu and then we'll close her out as we go from Emily Blunt to Bill Nighy, to Ryan Reynolds, to Kevin Bacon. So that's the lineup. The final film will be R.I.P.D. And we'll go from there. Thanks for coming. Superman! 
And before we get on with the show, let me apologize to Emma Watts for not remembering her name. As I say, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. I really do dig the Fantastic Beasts franchise, but I think that might just be more about me and how I deal with kids in cinema. A toot will be the leader of the stoning. He will inspire the men and zug-zug the women. He will protect them from all the beasts of the earth. Ringo Starr, Barbara Bach, Caveman, rated PG. So, Ringo. looking at? Oh, I was just going over the poetic critic letterbox, and the most recent activity yeah. is Caveman, or 1981. Another one. Oh, okay. Jessica's fond of that one, and it oh. is actually pretty cute. Oh, man. It's, it's... I don't know how the heck anybody came up with a film like that in 1981. Well, did Ringo write Yellow Submarine, the song? Not the... I'm just saying, I thought that's pretty it much... Is, it's a good fit for him. Yes. But yeah, it's kind of winsome in its way. Part of it is is that there's virtually no English dialogue. Oh, no. Oh, I mean, no. I, there are for, those, for those who didn't want the Ray Dong Chong banging, this is for you. Well, you could argue that between, the reason we don't do caveman movies anymore is between caveman being the spoof, the straight spoof, and Quest for Far being the let's do it absolutely straight and credible. Well, you wouldn't be surprised. You'd be surprised. I mean, I'm surprised it didn't really kick off. Maybe thank you, Jack Black and uh, <laughs> Michael Sarah, for that. Because there are a lot of kids who dug 10,000 BC. Yeah, Jessica kind of likes that one, too. Mm-hmm. And she's not really an Everett person. Oh, no, no, no. no. Mm-hmm. But... I will not speak well of Robert <laughs> Roland Emmerich. But, uh... Dolph Lundgren yeah. and Tiny Lister carried him to his only awesome movie and jerry orbach jerry orbach always makes something more interesting toy soldiers well i like the idea of killing will wheaton finally oh but jerry orbach's going to get vengeance for him sign me up and then i was in my lewis gossett jr phase where he could do no wrong iron eagle classic it is kind of weird how so many early 80s comedies are just totally cutesy, whims- winsome things like this, though. Like, That's, it's no, the same it's... year as Heartbeeps, which... And Heartbeeps is interesting. It's got the ingredients, right? But the direction is so slow. It's only 79 minutes, but it's very slowly paced for what, how simple it is. I mean, and which is a shame because there are some interesting ideas there. Everybody's game for what they're doing, <laughs> but oh, yes, yeah. I I mean the the turn. But it neat. But it's weird too because Alan Arkush is the guy who did Rock and Roll High School and mm-hmm. kind of crazy. So he can yes he, he can do, and which are delightful films. Somehow doing the major studio projects just sapped something out of him. Because, mm. like, on the set of Heartbeats, everyone was complaining, you're staging this too slow. <laughs> they have the pacing. Apparently it was also a problem with the other major studio film he did, which was Caddyshack 2. 
Okay, less said about that, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been in a... Yeah, Dan Aykroyd, the man can use some wrongs type stage. Yeah. Um, going through that Twitter uh, thread. I think it was um, from Emma Source Rex on Twitter who asked about... Uh, when you think about bears in movies, which one comes to mind? Yeah. And I said The Great Outdoors. Yeah. I don't like The Great Outdoors. I think Dan Aykroyd is awful in it. John Candy definitely misplaced. I mean, everybody's kind of misplaced, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, like, then I see somebody on Twitter share some information about, like, yeah, we're going to try a podcast about neighbors. <laughs> uh, and then you got nothing but... Um, and what was it? Nothing but trouble was yeah. Aphrodite's directorial mm-hmm. debut. I mean, it's just like, oh man, like when he misses, he misses. The story stories around that one are fascinating. Eighty nine is just the weirdest of years because it was kind of the return, like the cementation that the blockbuster was back. I mean, I know you had your yeah. friend Roger Rabbit the year previously. Yeah. But up until then, as I've said on the uh, podcast before, that Morton Cinemas was only had yeah. one screen. Yeah, and, we were still doing was, second run back then. Well, I wouldn't even say second run, but the fact of the matter is, like, you get one week of this movie, then on to the next thing. Yeah. So it was a rotating reel, which I think works actually better for... I think it's better in a sense just because it makes people have to go out to movies... If it's like, only going to be there a week mm-hmm. instead of, I don't know, try to wait three weeks when it's only going to have a nine o'clock show Yeah, but also that's part of what, you know, made word of mouth workable back in the day. Yes. Was if something hung around. Well, but then again, word of mouth word doesn't work today anyhow. Yeah, but that's because, it's a problem with the system. Mm. But... Gina Davis, Jeff Goldblum, and unidentified wedding bassist who is thrilled to be there. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't, uh, is from, that supposed to be anybody, the unidentified? I don't think so. Okay. Like, you know, it's just a party they threw after they eloped, in, sometime after they eloped. Oh, no, I, I get it, but it's like one of those, like, yeah. are you really it's trying just, to make me investigate this thoroughly? Uh-huh. Um... So, I don't know, I've been having a lot more fun with Twitter since I'm just replying to people yeah. instead of looking for home run tweets. Yeah. And then it's, but now it's like screwing up my, everything's kind of get screwed up because my emails with notifications are still, and here's your left wing, your left wing stuff that is important to you. <laughs> but I'm making jokes yeah. everywhere. I know. Well, you can't avoid it even if you do just want to be fun stuff, which is what I like to do. Well, I'm just saying my email notifications mm-hmm. oh. are the ones with all the political stuff. Well, I don't get email notifications. Oh. Well. <laughs> I love this one. First look at Pinocchio and Disney's live-action Pinocchio remake. Wow, they got Pinocchio back for this one. Yes, that, yeah, that was like, okay, like, I, I don't get these remakes in the sense that Especially after The Lion King. Like, at least you had a child wandering around uh, the Jungle Book. Yeah. Uh, no, The Lion King is a CGI movie. Don't call it live action. Mm-hmm. And now this, like, this is like... I don't know. Like, couldn't we have really warped some kid? I <laughs> think is what I would have done with. an actual puppet. 
Oh, no, no, no. We, we listened to that uh, Adventures yeah, of did. Pinocchio <laughs> podcast on the way back from C2E2. Even, even the Romero Benini version makes a bit sense if you look at the actual original Italian illustrations. Mm-hmm. Pinocchio is a puppet, didn't say anything in the text that he, had to, that he looked like a boy, so it does look like an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end, when he's turned into a boy, and then you got a little kid. But until then, it actually makes a little more sense when you look at it that way. Yeah, those talk of Pinocchio brings up, I think people use the scene from Aquaman where Amber Heard is yeah. offended by the... Mm-hmm. Am- Amber Heard offended. Uh, sorry, Team Amber here, but... Yeah. Like, I mean, it's kind of bad. Mm-hmm. The, the, yay, Johnny Depp Je- yeah. gets more money for his life. For- yeah. Has to pay less money for his lies. He still lied. <laughs> I think this is all going. To, nothing's going to actually come of it. Um, otherwise, let's see. I've been watching House of the Dragon. I've been meaning to watch Sandman. Uh-huh. And of course, when you follow Neil Gaiman, it's all over the place on Twitter. Yeah. And granted, like Sandman was awesome. I've really only read the first book, but I like that this. Uh, talking about MCU fans t- saying how varied the films are. Okay, no, no. Uh, Horror MCU movies. Comedy MCU movies. Sci-fi MCU movies. Yeah. Action MCU movies. I'm feeling like I'm making crazy films. Yeah, no. No, to say the MCU is varied is... The only thing that was kind of varied was WandaVision. And that eventually became MCU. Yeah. That's what, it, yeah, that's what a lot of people complained about. Well, I don't <laughs> it was know interesting where you, until it got to that point. Well, I don't know where else you're supposed to go with it, though, because yeah. that's the problem. You do have this big yeah. universe. Honestly, I yeah, think it's Warner Brothers... Well, lots of people pointed that out. You know, there is an inevitability that's always going to sink the full potential of what they could be doing with this material. Well, after... I don't know if there's any more potential after, like... That's just it. I think What If kind of nails it. Like, and scene. While, um... Yeah, no, you're getting... If you're feeding yourself into... I really think Star Wars is doing it better, especially with the um, animated series they had. Um, you watched the... I saw a little bit of Visions. Yeah. yeah, Visions, which, like, once I got to the real crazy anime one, yeah. where you can buy the Funko Pops for it, <laughs> which I don't buy the Funko Pops mm-hmm. for that one. I love the Kurosawa twi- tribute. Yeah. But, um, the one, uh, with, like, this really reminded me of some weird-ass anime I watched. Yeah. Like, um, back when, uh, manga had a deal with Netflix. Right. Um... But at least, in, you know, at least the idea of the holiday specials, the yeah. Lego universe. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is doing it well, and they're not over-flooding it. Like, yeah. maybe Solo's bombing, which wasn't a bomb. Like, I swear it probably broke even. But is like, thank you. It's going to slow things down, and yeah. once we get a movie, we're going to get a mother-loving movie. Right. Uh, Marvel just needs to, like, after 20 years, like, I got, I kind of, I guess as a Star Wars nut, like I am, Mm -hmm. I really kind of, um, 
well, I never expected to get so much Star Wars content. Yeah, no So way. I was happy with every 20 years getting something new. Yeah. Which I think is what Marvel should have done. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's the flood of so much stuff. And you can't keep up with everything in just one universe. And that pushes out so much other stuff that could be interesting. I mean, obviously Warner Brothers at Discovery is making some stupid decisions. And not necessarily stupid decisions. Discovery did not lose a penny on yeah. uh, canceling Batgirl. I mean, I can get those moves. And I think it'll eventually backfire like the AOL merger. Um, but then there's... Um, but I honestly think they're, Warner Brothers is doing better stuff with the comics despite we have to put up with the Flashpoint. Yeah. It's really just Ezra Miller's the problem. They, yeah. they nail it. Oh gosh, we—it's almost like we better not let them nail it because then, and then, well, how do we get? How do we fix Ezra? You mm-hmm. don't. If you can't fix Army Hammer, you can't fix Ezra Miller. Um, but I kind of like what they're doing, and I hear that Margot Robbie is offended that she was not consulted to be in the Joker sequel. Like, it is getting kind of. But no, yeah. I like the idea that. Yeah, but you realize you're not in that universe. Yeah. So let Lady Gaga do her mm-hmm. thing. And that's the only way you could do... And I think Todd Phillips is definitely overrated. And I think everybody thinks he's not really a great director. But it's kind of nice, though, that... Oh, how are we going to make a sequel to the to Joker? <laughs> this is how you do something even more ridiculous. It's, I, I talked about it on the podcast about big trouble in little china it's like yes no i liked i did not like um the hangover but the hangover too making everything like taking every joke like to the next level yes that's what you do so let's see some scoring weaver testing a flamethrower during the production of alien <laughs> yeah you might want to turn that down a bit <laughs> Elvis, directed by Bob Slurman. <laughs> yes, I know. Really good content for audio, but no, that's an image for. Is that Steve Martin? No, Steve Martin. That's not Steve Martin from here, is it? Right. No, I'm just saying. I know it's a still yeah. from the uh, Muppet movie. Muppet movie. Thank you. I was just getting my guys confused. I really need to rewatch the Muppet movie. <laughs> but you know, and it's good to bring up Caveman. It's it's qualifies. I see you watch Paris is Burning too, which yeah, oh, that's on HBO Max. I mm-hmm. think still right now. It's been on Criterion for a while because it's in the collection. Yeah, honestly, I'm just a fan of whenever I see a runtime for like seventy one yeah. minutes. Yeah, I think that's still too short to call yourself a movie. But then again, it's like, you know, it's a classic. It was so okay can... to come in at an hour in the thirties. So what Paris is Burning? That's nineteen ninety. Well, I'm talking about as a whole. Oh, yes. No. Um, the old dark, which is good letterbox stocking of the poetic critic. If you need to, if you need to broaden your horizons, you follow the poetic critic on letterbox. Yeah. The four words every woman wants to hear. Yes. Those are definitely the four words. A David Cronenberg film. Yeah. Um, is Crimes of the Future made it to streaming yet? I don't I'm not sure. I think it might have, but it might be a full price at this point. Mm. I haven't seen a DVD yet. 
I would think. Well, no, I, I know that, believe me. I... I'm sure that Walmart will carry it when they do, because they do anything that's even vaguely horror-related, but... Well, especially point, from the Halloween. Yeah, coming up. But, somebody, but there's also something pretty cool that turned up regarding Cronenberg lately, and I do intend to get it sometime. Uh, I have to scroll down a bit to track it down, but maybe... Let me see... Oh, that is a good poem about the Poseidon adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Old school escape rooms, corn spiced up with grouchiness, a fun tedium. I do kind of want to watch the I mean, sequels a... just to see Richard Dreyfus just no, stomp on a guy's that's face. That's not on the... No, Dreyfus is not in the sequel. I know. I was... yeah. It wasn't Dreyfus? In... Not the no. sequel. I'm sorry. The remake. Right. Like Kurt Russell's after, oh no, somebody's going to have to, you got to climb faster, we're going to yeah, kill the other guy. But the most endearing thing about the side adventure is, it's, Erwin Allen was not great with pacing his movies. Yes, no, 117 <laughs> what, minutes. Yeah, and there are others that are even longer. Right? I know that, I but, imagine uh, probably. But this one, the fact that most of the characters we follow in the side adventure are all kind of pissed off is... That's fun to watch. Oh, no, and I think they kind of, from what I've seen clips on the yeah. remake, like, as I get, Richard Dreyfus. All he can do right now is grumpy. Yeah. I, and I mean that as a great, as a, as a compliment. I got to uh, see him in... Uh, what I love is that I got to, finally got to sign an A Neil because, Simon play right. in London. Yeah. What I finally got to with uh, the sign adventure was because of Criterion Channel put it up as one of the Saturday matinees, which makes sense. Because, mm. yeah. Kids saw that movie, and there are some kids in it, <laughs> but and stuff. So you know they know what they're doing. <laughs> oh, you finally got around the memories. Yeah, uh, thanks to Tubi. Mm-hmm. I like the third segment best. I understand yeah. why people seem to like segment one. It seems to be the most popular, oh, but. It's been a while since... It's almost the most ordinary of the three, though. Mm. <laughs> Compared to the... Well, what would happen if Will Ferrell comedy involved the apocalypse? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I re- uh, it's been a while since I've seen Memories. Yeah. I, I have it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, I like anthology films, because... Hey, Robot Circus is another good one. Yeah, I've seen Robot Carnival. It's Carnival, thank the, you. The review's way deep down there, but it's there. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, otherwise not that exciting in the case for you. And, I mean, you had the no, you, you got a good end and you got a good beginning. Yeah, well. Uh, well, you have a. With everything that happened, you know, kind of threw things off. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Also, if I only like, like I also had some doc music documentaries on. I found I really can't focus enough on music documentaries or concert films. I don't feel comfortable reviewing. I'd be like to have them on one doing other stuff. And, yeah. You know. So I actually was catching up on a few of those, too. Or, you know, I don't do stuff that if, it, if it's the Rift Tracks or something, I'm not going to review it. That's not fair. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes you can... I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, sometimes you can see through the... Like, um, if it's a good movie that's getting... Or a tolerable movie that's getting Rift, uh-huh. like, oh, no, Amityville 4 with the haunted <laughs> yeah. lamp... It, it's stupid, but I can't say it's bad. And I did go and see the Return of Swamp thing live. Mm-hmm. And, oh, God, that is bad. But 
it's so silly and goofy yeah. 80s stuff that right. it's not painful. Yeah, Roger Ebert rather likes it for that. <laughs> oh, no. Like, what did Roger give the movie? I can't remember. Because he's like... But he was okay with it, at least. Yeah. He liked the original film, too. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's just the, un, you know, unheralded... Mm-hmm. Wes Craven classics. I don't think Wes Craven really wanted to yeah. work on it either. Everybody was talking about We were talking about editing around an actor's absence a while back, so this was a good excuse to track down this club. screaming I will call this conversation done. So let me get this right. We're forced to listen to this spa music so your head doesn't explode and kill us all. Santa, you put that down. I am not giving you a massage. Santa. Fine, fine. Hand it over. You're a talking Pikachu with no memories who's addicted to caffeine. What? I could stop whenever I want. These are just choices. Another round, extra shot, black as night, thank you. Sorry, it's piping hot. We're gonna need each other. No, I don't need a Pokemon. Whoa. Pikachu rocks! You know, I pictured you as a, as a bit of a brief sky, but those are nice. Me, I, I don't wear underwear, you know? I'm not modest. Pokemon Detective Pikachu, May 10th, rated PG. Just when you thought it was all right to turn the AC back on in your small one-bedroom apartment. Well, I just, uh, doing the editing for the podcast, realized that I had not reviewed Pokemon Detective Pikachu yet, which, it's kind of been a weird going about trying to get this binge done and such. I was watching R.I.P.D., but of course I was watching other stuff before then, and by the time I'm done pausing and everything, then it kind of was running into the zero hour for All Out, which is a solid pay-per-view. I think is probably getting a little more heat than it deserves. Uh, CM Flunk, as I like to call uh, Phil Brooks now, uh, I think it's got to go, but, you know, this is not a wrestling podcast. Uh, Gregory Carl will be on next week, but it'll be about Fritz the Cat. So, And content warning, I'm just going to let that one fly because we're talking about an X-rated movie that no kid should be aware of until they get to of age, I suppose. All right, with all that said, uh, Detective Pikachu, this viewing was, I'd say, as much fun as the first viewing that I watched to see if it actually qualified for 90 for chill. Yeah, it's a hour 45 runtime, but believe me, that's probably seven minutes of credits and no stinger. So, which kind of sad, like it's a good movie. I could use more Pokemon. I mean, as a Pokemon fan, just seeing all these critters brought to life and, 
you know, I kind of badmouth CG when I talk about RIPD, but oh, this it's not good for horror, I guess. Uh, but oh, these little creatures, these little Bulbasaurs, oh yeah. I mean, I don't see myself owning a lizard, but you know, if there was a Bulbasaur, I'd, I'd adopt that little guy and still teach Ava how to kick its butt. But yes, Ava, I'm talking about you. <laughs> so, all right, but Detective Pikachu is our Bill Nye to Ryan Reynolds feature. So Justice Smith is the son of a presumed dead police detective, or he's a private dick. I don't know. It's fun that they actually reference the fake detective movies in the Home Alone franchise in this movie to kind of give our primarily Detective Pikachu. So Justice Smith's father is Harry Goodman, the premier detective in rice city a city where pokemon and people live in harmony meaning no pokeballs no poke battles basically justice smith comes in the town to straighten up his affairs and then harry's pikachu makes it back to the apartment our hero tim can understand the pikachu so pikachu voiced by ryan reynolds is ecstatic that hey now i don't have to I got that bridge, and I'm not so lonely. Of course, Justice Smith, Tim, is the only person who can hear the Pikachu, so he's doing his best not to seem nuts. And you got a good little dynamic there. You get some a great adventure, plenty of fun jokes. The ditto angle is really fun. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not for people who didn't play the video games and I'm not even saying playing the video games because I think it's such a cultural impact I think it's affected every generation after generation x I was just that 18 year old playing Pokemon in high school I mean I love it just the environment and it's not a overly sappy story you get a little bit of adventure which is eh, you know kind of takes the focus off more about easter eggs by that point the ending is straight out of Batman, Tim Burton's Batman. So, but it's still fun, especially when you're a nerd like me who can, oh yeah, now we're doing Batman. I don't know why I didn't really pick up on it the first view. So there's a detective mode on the release of this DV, uh, digital, at least. I presume the 4K Blu-ray as well. So I imagine let's just find more Easter eggs yourself. So it's a lot of fun. Um, and I think, again, if you were born in the 90s, this is for you. Where am I? Officer Walker, you're dead. Tough day. Welcome to the RIPD. Ah! Rest in peace, department. Come on, rookie. Here's the deal. Our job is catching bad souls that escaped the afterlife. Bag it, tag it, and bury it deep. That's sick. I don't know what else to shoot you between. There's something else. You don't look like you anymore. What do I look like? Really? An old Chinese guy? What about you? Well, I guess you win, Roy. If the dead take over, that's it for the living world. I've never seen that before. I got this. You were supposed to contain. Didn't contain. I'm okay. Nothing to see. Gotta go. R.I.P.D. Rated PG-13. And I'm going to do my best to recap. R.I.P.D. 
uh, Rest in Peace Department, starring Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges from 2013. So I can't believe that we really let the Jeff Bridges cowboy thing last for a good four years. This is including True Grit and essentially Crazy Heart. But um, look, when your movie uh, opens up with a suck it joke, you know what you're in for. And this really made me think that the, when it comes to horror effects, and I know this isn't a horror movie, but the plot of the film is basically there are souls who end up getting stuck in the rest in peace department which Ryan Reynolds is the newest recruit and Jeff Bridges is the old dog, a lawman from the 1890s. And there's going to be a sequel to this movie, which comes out in November. So I think technically a prequel, but I don't think anything can really save it. But getting back to the effects, the horror effects, I think those peaked at Ghostbusters in 1984. I mean, even at uh, Ghostbusters 2, it's like, yeah, no, no, um, slime wall doesn't really work, but I digress. So yeah, um, this movie takes place in Boston and Kevin Bacon only gives a half-ass Boston accent, Ryan Reynolds, not at all. Um, so yeah, I can't really say anybody goes full Boston. So it's kind of a weak there. There's some good, uh, Back and forth, though, between Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Bridges is funny in this. And I'll even say, um, okay, let's see. The um, woman who was in Weeds is best known for um, Mary Louise Dreyfus. I might be totally off on that one. Um, she's good in it. But, yeah, otherwise, Bacon's kind of weak. Um, as I say, he just doesn't give in on give in to it as your antagonist. Um, I mean, he seems to be having fun as the antagonist, but again, he's just not... He's half-assing it. Um, Ryan Reynolds, I don't think, became a viable star until Deadpool. Like, he is just the glib friend that we watch movies with. And um, otherwise, it's like, you know if he's not being self-aware, then this is not going to work. So... Nothing really, uh, just nothing really can work together to make a great movie, despite even having James Hong, James, uh, Hong in it as the avatar of Ryan Reynolds in The Living. So, as I say, it's fun to see Bridges do some comedy, but not really worth any time. Can I hear a wahoo? 